welcome to episode 20 of the J Bunny's Music Hub podcast. I'm your host, J Bunny. On this episode, I interview Andrew Cushing, the bass player for the band Adelita's Way and former bass player for the bands Taking Dawn and Devil's Run. I've been trying to get Andrew on the show for just about as long as I've had the show, and we just, until until this, we, we hadn't been able to make it work. Uh, the first The first episode with Chris Babbitt was actually recorded at an Adelita's Way show. Um, and I had floated the idea to Andrew of being on the show uh, at another point and actually went to go see the band in concert probably three other times, two or three other times last year uh, with the intention of making it happen and then just not being able to. I would still got to see the band and, and see some amazing shows. So uh, as, I, as I tell him uh, when it comes up, you know, it was no loss. It was a great time uh, seeing the band so much and seeing the concerts they were at, seeing some new venues, uh, and uh, to finally get to interview him now. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. I, I can't believe... Well, it's great that we made it to, to 20 episodes, and I hope to be able to keep going, keep making them, and uh, as long as you guys continue to listen, I'll continue to do it. So without further ado, here's Andrew. All right, what's up, everybody? It's Jay Bunny. I'm here again at the Stanhope House in Stanhope, New Jersey, and at long last, I'm sitting here with Andrew Cushing. How you doing, man? How's it going? I'm doing well. Oh, it's good to hear, man. It's been a long time trying to get you on this show. Yeah, trying to make it work for a while. Yeah, that's all right. It, you know, like I told you before, I don't mind coming out to see you guys and, and, and not really having to work for it. <laughs> but uh, so you and I first met when you were in Taking Dawn, you were on Roadrunner Records. Yeah. Um, uh, I believe the first time I went to see you guys was down at the Starland Ballroom. But uh, can you tell me a bit, we won't go too much on Taking Dawn because I covered a lot of that with Chris when he was on the show, but can yeah. you tell me a bit about how you know the band came together and how you got into to Taking Dawn? Yeah, man. Uh, actually, uh, I was in my own original band in high school, and so I kind of knew the guys. They were called Seventh Son back then. Right, right. So I kind of knew, knew them because I was a fan. And uh, their bass player uh, left the band, and they we were friends. So they asked me to audition. I came over, I tried out, and then like two weeks later, they were like, "Hey, we're gonna go record a record." Oh wow! Let's do this. Okay. <laughs> so I, were they signed before you joined, or they were uh, in the middle of working on the contract? Okay. And then it just got confirmed, and they were like, "We gotta go. We gotta go record this album." So. I quit, quit college and started this journey I'm on right now. Yeah, I think Chris told me you were working at Panera at the time. Yeah, I was. Which, which came up because I used to work at Panera until <laughs> oh, very yeah. recently. Like, I just quit because I got a better job yeah. like a month ago. But uh, so you guys went through all the, the stuff with Roadrunner and then, and then you parted ways with Roadrunner and changed the band name to Devil's Run. And, and you were still in the band for, I believe, that first EP. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you left to join Adelita's. Yeah. Um, and when I talked to Chris, um, he was very adamant in, in that interview, which was over a year ago now, that, you know, Devil's Run was just a continuation of Taking Dawn, that they weren't separate. But uh, social media lately, he's been very adamant about that They're very separate entities. Taking Dawn is coming back as a separate band from, from Devil's Run. Mm-hmm. Um, are you involved in the, I guess, reformation of Taking Dawn? Or? Uh, not at the moment, but he had uh, expressed that maybe I could record on a couple of songs. I don't know if I'd be playing any shows or anything because I'm so busy with Adelita's now. Right, right. But uh, 
you know, if they'll have me, I'd be happy to help when yeah. I can. Right, right. Well, that's great, man. Like, I mean, I know that you guys, because the first one, one, that show that I interviewed Chris at, they were touring with Adelitas, and then yeah. when Taking Dawn came back, they were, so it seems like you guys tour together. Yeah, of course. I mean, they're all really good friends of ours. We love them like brothers, man. Yeah, yeah. Any chance we can take them out, we, we're happy to. So, when I had Chris on the show, he told me the story about the process of uh, recording Evan Bourne's entrance theme, which oh, yeah. didn't end up, they wound no. up redoing it with the Mutiny Within, but can you tell me a bit about that from like your perspective of that whole scenario? Yeah, I mean, uh, with WWE, for certain songs, they write it, and they're like, okay, we want you to record this exactly how it is, and uh, you know, don't change anything, but make it your way, your sound. Yeah. So we learned the song, we went in, recorded the whole thing in like four or five hours in a studio in LA. Yeah. And uh, right when we finished, uh, Master had sent a copy to the guy who wrote the song at the WWE. Yeah, Jim Johnston? Yeah, I think that's who it was. I didn't really pay attention. And he listened to it and I just hear the, the producer like starting to argue with him on the phone. <laughs> So it wasn't. It didn't really look like it was going that well. And then I found out a couple of weeks later, like they just didn't like what we did. Apparently, even though it was pretty similar to what he wanted us to do, it was huh. almost exactly that. But, and uh, then it leaked later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I, I. I remember hearing that you guys had done it because it had leaked somewhere, but I don't know that I had ever heard your version of it. And even still, and I said that to Chris, and I was gonna look it up, and I. I will though. I know where it is. Somebody used it to make some music video. Okay. But I've it's on YouTube. You can definitely find it. That's cool, man. Uh, I mean, it sucks that they didn't get to use your version. But yeah, I was super stoked. I was a big fan. Yeah. I still a big fan of a uh, WWE and stuff like that. But back then, I was way more into it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I've kind of fell off too. Like when, yeah. they, when they said, "Oh, we're gonna redo the brand split," I was like, "I'm not doing this again." <laughs> two sets of titles and two of that. I was like, "Nope." I don't have enough time. Uh, I'm into it. I'm just, I just don't have enough time to pay attention oh, anymore. Yeah, you're always on the road and yeah. stuff. Um, it's a good segue, though, to, to Adelitas, because when I first became of Adelitas Way, it's because they were using Invincible as the theme for superstars. Yeah. Um, and I know that you, you weren't in the band at the time, but do you know how that came about, uh, Adelitas getting involved with WWE? Not really, but I just, I think it was through the label, and uh, WWE just liked the song. They asked them to use it. And it worked out really well. It's still one of the most popular songs that Adelitas has. And we still collaborate with the WWE every now and then. We just did Ready for War was the Right, yeah, I was going to ask about that. A while ago. Yeah, for back in 2016 for, I think it was TLC, right? Yeah, yeah, or Extreme Rules. I can't remember. <laughs> I have it written down here somewhere, but, yeah. you know. So that's cool that, you got, that the band has maintained a relationship with them. Um, have they approached you guys at any point about recording uh, entrance themes for anybody? I do know that, that there was, Adelitas had recorded a theme for uh, The Legacy? Like yeah, yeah. The but Legacy. Have, they, have they approached you guys about doing any other themes? No, I honestly, I don't think they really do that anymore. They just have a guy in-house and it's right, just, yeah, the it's C all just CFO riffs. dollar sign. Yeah, it's just all riffs now. They don't really have songs. That's fair enough. Yeah, like I don't even really know because although I really dig the uh, the themes for like Finn Balor. And, oh yeah. Uh, Kevin Owens theme is pretty Kevin good. Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins. I'm surprised. I gotta say, I'm not to get off on a tangent. I'm kind of surprised that Seth Rollins is still there, only because when the when the Shield first came in. Yeah. My thought was like, all right, when the Shield breaks up, he's gonna be the first one to go. Oh, like, yeah. He's gonna be the first one to get released. 
And he wound up being, I believe, the first one of them to like get a title. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's the only one who could talk, and he's got he's got uh, great athleticism. Yeah. You know. Did you see? There's a girl walking around. I don't know where she is. There's a girl I walking did around see here her, with yeah. Seth Rollins' leggings <laughs> on. I did see that. <laughs> I almost went up to her like, "Hey," but I'll be a weirdo. So now, how did you? I mean, I, I would imagine that your your friendship with the guys in Adelitas when you were in Taking Dawn is how you sort of got the job. But how did you guys meet? How did the two bands meet? Or how did you meet? Rick? Uh, well, we, we all came up in Las Vegas. Rick moved there in like uh, the middle of the 2000s. I had lived there my whole life, just like all the guys in Taking Dawn. And uh, since we were coming up together, we knew about each other. Rick uh, and Chris and Mike, they used to hang out, I right. think. Okay. I didn't really know Rick that well back then, but I, I do remember one time meeting him uh, up for lunch, and then he, sh- he played us the entire uh, Homeschool Valedictorian record before it came out. Okay. So they were friends for a while, and they knew me. He's we went on tour together with uh, Theory of a Dead Man and Hailstorm. And right, I did. Girl whose name I didn't catch that I was talking to right before you walked up was telling yeah. me about seeing you guys on that tour. Yeah, it was that was really where we got to know each other, okay. and that's through that. Whenever uh, Derek parted ways, they hit me up because Taking Don had just uh, taken their hiatus. Yeah, yeah. So I was happy to jump in. It's been a good five years. Yeah, dude, it's been great. I got I got to admit, I, I picked up that first record because of the WWE connection, and I listened to the album, and I was like, "This is all right. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about it." And I kind of, so I kind of fell off with the band. But then when you joined, I was like, "All right, well, I've got to support my friend." <laughs> yeah. And I started listening again. I'm really digging what you guys have been doing. Lately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of the newer songs are. We're going in a kind of new direction, but still keeping the core of Adelita's ways. You know, still the love songs, uh, still singing about positive, having fun kind of stuff. So it's good. Hey, man. So the band was signed to like a major label for the first few albums, but now you guys are, are I believe you're independent. I lived like Wikipedia or Amazon or wherever the fuck I looked at the time yeah. that I wrote these questions sometime last year, <laughs> uh, said that the albums were released on the Vegas Sin slash the Feel Music. I've never heard yeah. of these labels or organizations or yeah. whatever they are. Can you tell me a little bit about? Yeah, the Vegas Sin is our label. Rick pretty much runs it. Okay. Uh, we do everything ourselves. Obviously, we're totally independent. We have sort of a deal with the management company that helps us out in booking tours and things like that okay. and getting things done. And then Fuel Music, I I, believe, I I could be totally wrong about this, but I believe we have a distribution deal because Fuel is an actual label. Oh, okay. And since we're just a label on paper, they help to distribute the album. Like okay. the actual physical CDs and yeah, things yeah, yeah. like that. So that's why it says Fuel slash Vegas. Gotcha. Sin. Okay. And do do you guys is, does Vegas Sin release any other bands or just Adelita's way? Uh, Rick has told me he's thought about it a couple times, but uh, it costs a lot of money to do that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So nothing yet, but I'd say it's possible in the future. Okay. And so having been, because you were on with Taking Dawn, you were on Roadrunner. Yeah. Um, obviously there's differences between being on a major label and being independent. I mean, but which which one, which situation do you prefer? Uh, I definitely prefer the independent thing. Like, being on a label is fun because uh, certain opportunities are a lot easier to come by. I mean, and, you guys uh, played with Kiss when you were in Taking Dawn. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> being on a label, there's just little perks. Like, you know, they pay for music videos and the whole record. It's, it's a little easier, a little more laid back that way. But being independent, you can tour whenever you want. You can record a song whenever you want. You can release a song whenever you want. Like, Still Hungry, our newest single, we don't 
don't even have an album. We just recorded it and we're like, we're going to release it right now. Right, right. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I'll, I'll jump ahead to that question. Um, I noticed that uh, the album art for the sing or the, the art for the single, and yeah. also for this tour, which is the, the Still Hungry tour, yeah. um, have art from the video game Rampage, yeah. <laughs> which was recently a movie starring The Rock. Uh-huh. Is there any relation to the movie and the song at all, or no, not at all? No, it's just uh, when Rick was writing the song, I don't really know where he made the connection. He just, you know, where we like to play video games a lot. He just thought it was a cool idea go a little retro yeah, and yeah. Uh, just happened to be that there was a movie coming out at the same time so. <laughs> yeah i used to love that i played the the one that was on the nes and then yeah. world tour on the nintendo 64 the two I, I definitely yeah, played hell the yeah. most. um so when when your last full album notorious came out it came out i think it was last october no, october november but in, in interviews prior like the previous year or so rick had said i'd seen some interviews where he said it was due out in in April, so what would do? What was the delay between the April and the October? About six months there. I think we had about like six songs, and we were planning to do a couple more. But uh, then we just—I think we booked a couple tours on the time that we were going to originally record, so we just pushed it back. Okay. And then after that, we finished the recording. It was all separate. Like we did a song, we would go on a tour, then we would do another song, then we would do a tour, and we right before the record came out, we finished. Uh, what was the last song? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, anyways, the last song on the record we recorded probably like three weeks or a month before it even came out. Wow. So we were, we were just doing it in pieces. Yeah, so yeah. We wanted to wait until we had everything right. You know? That's fair enough, man. Now, Notorious and the prior album, Getaway, were both funded through Pledge Music, and then you guys had even a, a Pledger exclusive track for Notorious. Do you feel that crowdfunding is sort of the wave of the future, especially for independent acts such as yourselves? Uh, for some people it might work. Honestly, it uh, Rick didn't really like the way it turned out. We had, we had, we loved the support, yeah. and it was really awesome to see that uh, people enjoy our music that much that they would donate money. But uh, uh, just dealing with them, I don't think he really liked it. They take a big chunk of it, right, right, which we didn't really expect the first time. Yeah. And the second time we thought we were getting a better deal, but it just turned out to be the same thing. So mm-hmm. we might not do it again. Well, I'd say we probably won't do that for the next record. Yeah. But it was a fun experience. And for anybody coming up who has loyal fans and they need that little help, it's definitely a lot better than signing your life away on a right, contract right. for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, I did, I did a GoFundMe recently because uh, her cat got really sick. wound up oh, dying. Yeah. and like, oh, sorry. Like they, same thing. Like they like GoFundMe took like a, a chunk of the of the money for yeah. their fees, which is fair enough. I mean, you got to run a business. You got to make money to run a business. So. Yeah, I get that, but they just they took a big chunk. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that's not fair. Uh, um, so there's one question that I ask anybody that's ever been on the show, um, and I normally ask it later in the interview, but since we were just talking about you know being independent versus being on a label and all that, I wanted to ask you uh, what you think about the current state of the music industry where fans would rather either illegally download or subscribe to Spotify than like buy a band CD. And they say, oh, bands make all their money on the road anyway, so why do we have to bother? And, and I feel like that's hurting the industry. Uh, I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, the damage is already done, man. It's never going to come back, honestly. Like, even, I mean, when I was a kid, I did the same kind of thing. I had the same kind of mentality because I was like, oh, I'm not going to buy records from these bigger bands because they're already rich. They make all the money. But people don't realize that the labels need you to buy the records of the big bands because they use all that extra money they get to fund the new bands 
for like another CD. Right. Whereas nowadays, if you fail after your first CD, you're done. You don't get another chance. Right, right. And back in the day, they would take the extra money. Streaming is the future. As much as I would say, like to say that uh, people are going to start buying CDs again, they're not. Right, right. Half the cars that come out nowadays, uh, nowadays don't even have CD players. It's just, it's too easy to spend $10 a month and you can listen to every single song ever written. Right, right. You know, so. <laughs> See, I haven't seen that in cars yet, but I have seen that most computers nowadays don't come with any oh, yeah. kind of CD drive, DVD drive, nothing. It's just yeah. nothing there. You gotta buy it separate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so at one point, Adelita This Way was a five piece band. You guys are down to, unless, unless Wikipedia has failed me, you guys are no. down to like three static members and then a touring guitarist, or has he been brought, or has he been brought in as a full member at this point? Not exactly yet, but we like Tavis. We like everybody we tour with, Ryan yeah. and uh, Zach. Those are the last two guys we had out with us. Uh, we're still thinking about it. Anything is possible, but we like to keep our options open. You right, know? right. Yeah, I mean, I know that at one point, I, I think around the same time that you joined the band, Chris was touring as a guitarist yeah. with Adelita's. So. But all right, I was just curious about that. Now, you guys are currently on tour with Dead Girls Academy, Zero Theorem, and Small Town Titans. Have mm -hmm. you toured with any of those bands before? Or? Uh, never. No? We've only been out with, this is our third show with them. Okay. And they all seem like really nice guys. Uh, I haven't really had time to listen to any of the music yet because at the past couple shows I've had uh, a lot of friends or uh, family yeah, hanging yeah. around, so I wasn't really in the venue. But like I said, they all seem like nice people. They're all hardworking, obviously. They're doing the same thing that we do. They're grinding out here. So it's cool to be touring with uh, new bands that I've never really uh, listened to. That's cool, man. Yeah, it's always great to, as a, as a fan too, to uh, get the exposure of the, of the you know, newer bands. I mean, that, yeah. was, that was one of my favorite things about back when Ozfest and Mayhem were still a thing, like mm -hmm. seeing the smaller bands earlier in the day that you might not have been aware of. I mean, and that's still good and true on 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 these smaller shows. Although it is a shame that a lot of those big festivals have gone away now. Yeah, yeah, but actually, uh, I mean, now there's the destination ones instead. Those mm -hmm. like weekend long things instead of like the whole summer. Yeah, that's pretty much the future. <laughs> Do you again? This is a one of those questions that sort of predates your time in the band, but I'm sure that you may know the answer to this one. Where did the band's name come from? Oh, man. That's a long story that I don't necessarily know all the details to, but I think the whole story is on Wikipedia if anybody wants to look that up. All right. Well, I don't want to misquote anybody. All right. Well, but I'll, I'll look that up and quote it in the, uh, in, in the outro of, right. of the show. <laughs> okay. So the only other question that I have for you is uh, it looks like this current tour that you guys are on is going to be running until the end of September. Uh, what's next? Do you guys have that? Do you have the, the new single out? Are you guys going to put out any more new music? Or are you going to book another tour or take we a actually, rest? Uh, we released another song. Uh, today, or maybe it's tomorrow, on Spotify and Apple Music and all that stuff called Drifting. Okay. And it's just a, it's not another single, but it's a new song that we're just releasing just for fun, just because we have it, you know, being an independent band, you could just do that kind of thing. But uh, we're definitely going to try to record or start writing by uh, late January, early February. Okay. And then hopefully either have a, another EP or a full album out by by summer, I would say. Okay. And then I would imagine you'll be touring on that one. Oh, yeah, we'll probably be touring. Or, you know, depending on how we want to record, we might take a couple months off. Because, uh, like I said, we with these last couple songs that we recorded, we just go in for one session, record, and then 
leave for a couple of weeks and then come back and record one song at a time. Yeah, yeah. This time we might actually just go in for the whole thing, like two weeks, just record 10 songs. We'll see. But uh, this tour we're on right now actually ends on the 30th. Oh, okay. And then we start a tour with Fozzie. Oh. Yeah, late August, and that goes until... Okay, so you got a couple, so you got two different tours kind of back to back. that goes until, uh, like, October 2nd or something like that. It's going to be a long one. Are you guys coming back through this way? Because I would love to uh, see Fozzie. Uh, I'm not sure. I know it's a lot of East Coast and, like, Midwest kind of stuff. Okay. I've also been trying to get Chris Jericho on this show since I fucking started, and I can never get (laughs) the appropriate people to get back to me. Like, I send emails to, like, labels or whoever the fuck I need to... And I just never get an answer. Like, yeah. I'd rather get a no than just be ignored. You know? Yeah. <laughs> He's a busy guy, too, so it's probably tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it happens. <laughs> I, the problem is that, that I'm not really anybody that's known in any sort of capacity yet. So yeah. it's hard to get, like, not that you're not a big name, but yeah, it's, it's, it's harder to get the bigger <laughs> names, you know. Uh-huh. So, but that, that'd be cool. I'll have to keep an eye out for that. Um, so before I let you go, because that's all I've got on the, on the questions, uh... Is there anything else that you wanted to say? Anything else you wanted to plug? Anything else? Uh, no, man. I mean, it's been fun talking to you. It's finally, yeah, to finally like sit down it. and do this. I mean, it's cool. <laughs> we, we still bullshit. It's not like we don't talk when we see yeah, each other. Yeah. But it's good to get it on uh, official. Yeah, all official and shit. <laughs> so, all right, man. Well, then I'll let you go. I'm sure that you want to get some more rest or, or something before you go on. You got to get some time yet, but yeah, we got like two hours before we start. I'm gonna grab a drink or something. Sounds good, man. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. Peace, can't cage the beast, there ain't no stopping me I can feel my heart beat out my chest You know that I would die for this I'm gonna live my life with no regrets Just know that I'm alive for this Don't count me out, cause I'll let you down Ain't in it for the fame, ain't in it for the money And I will do whatever it takes, I'm still hungry
And that was at Alita's Way with their latest single, Still Hungry. I want to thank Andrew for being on the show. Like I said, it's been a long time coming. Uh, now, in the interview, I had asked him where the name Adelita's Way came from, and he said that he didn't want to get the story wrong, but you could find it on Wikipedia. I didn't find it on Wikipedia, but I did find it on the Internet. found it on the band's biography on the, band, on the website last.fm. And uh, I'm just going to read exactly what it says here for those of you that might be interested. It says, Adelita's Way got their name from a very unorthodox source. While on tour on the West Coast, their van was pulled over and eventually raided and thieved by corrupt Mexican cops who took all the money the band had, except for the few dollars that Rick had had stashed in his boot. Disoriented and shaken from the experience, the band headed to the first bar they could find to calm themselves down. It was the Adelita Bar. After spending some time in there, the guys realized that it wasn't just a bar, it was also a brothel. Rick ended up talking to one of the girls who worked there and asked her how she could live like she was day in and day out. She explained that it was the only way she knew to support her family in need. Talking to her helped change Rick's outlook on life and people, and thus the way she lived became the inspiration for the band name. So there you go in case you were ever curious. Mexican brothel. Again, thank you to Andrew for being on the show. If anybody wants to uh, follow the band on social media, you can find them on Facebook. You can find them on Instagram. You can find them on Twitter, uh, at Elitist Way. You can also follow J Bunny's Music Hub podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also on Patreon. Just look up J Bunny's Music Hub on any of those. Um, also, don't forget to check out the Club Kayfabe Creative Community. Uh, this podcast is still a part of that network. You can find them on Facebook and on YouTube. And um, don't forget, guys, also to follow the industry embers. If you, you know, if you believe in buying music, follow industry embers and any music purchases that you make. You can either tweet or post, depending on which social media service you are using. And use the hashtag BuyMusic, B-U-Y, or it's BuyMusic, B-Y-E. So, uh, summer is upon us. I mean, it's, well, that's fucking stupid. Summer's been upon us, but my summer has officially started. It's August. As of this recording, the New York Renaissance Fair starts tomorrow. And that's my fucking summer. Uh, So I will be, hopefully able to get some interviews with some bands at the Ren Fair like I did last year. I hope that you guys enjoyed them. I didn't I didn't receive any negative feedback on, on either of those episodes I recorded last year with Three Pints Shy or Matthew Young, The Pride of Ireland, so I assume that uh, you guys enjoyed them. In fact, I did get some random feedback from people at the Renaissance Fair uh, because when I go to the Renaissance Fair on Labor Day dressed in the J Bunny costume, uh, it's pretty obvious what the fuck's going on there. Uh, or maybe it's not. I don't know. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> but I did have somebody say to me, hey, are you the guy with the podcast that interviewed Three Pints Shy? And it was someone I didn't know, so that was pretty cool. Uh, so I'm going to give that a go again this season. Uh, there's uh, some new acts that I'm interested to check out, and if I enjoy what I hear, I'll see if they want to be on the show. There's still some acts from years past that uh, I haven't gotten on the show yet, so I'm going to make those attempts. Again, nothing is promised, nothing is set in stone. This thing happens as it does, when it does, at its own pace and in its own time. Uh, so no promises, but that's the goal, is that uh, I want to get some Renaissance Fair acts on the show. Uh, 
Um, I do have some other stuff planned. We'll see. Um, and that's about it, guys. As as always, who the fuck knows? But I thank you for listening. And uh, I'm going to leave you with another song from Adelita's Way. This one was uh, from their most recent album, Notorious. Uh, as far as I know, it wasn't a single, but it is the song that uh, Andrew requested I add to the show. So this is the... I'm just going to count it off right here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seventh track on the album. This is Real World. Until next time, guys.